0: Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards Negev. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abraham came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, They praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me, he said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister, so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abraham to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had.
1: Thank you, Emma, for reading God's word to us. Let's uh, pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we can have it open in front of us. and, And Father God, we pray... Uh, that you would speak to us through it. Please, Father God, would you use uh, me to speak your word and help us all as we listen to it, we pray. Amen. Well, I uh, really love Lego. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, I don't really uh, play with it like I I used to when I was younger. Uh, I don't have time. and maybe I'm a bit old for it, um, but but I, I once spent a whole week trying to build a Lego theme park. I, I had great fun trying, trying to uh, build different rides for it. I was using my imagination. It was coming on great, but then it got destroyed. My, my brother came into my room and, and smashed it apart, and I was distraught. I, I had a go at, at trying again, but I, I just couldn't do it the same. I was I was. Upset. Um, my hard work was ruined. In Genesis one and two, you've got the whole earth being created, not just the earth, the whole universe being uh, coming into existence through God, the Creator. But but then things start to go a bit bit wrong like my Lego model, God's creation is spoiled by sin, by disobedience to God. As in chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they rebel against God's command not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and things just weren't the same. And so they were banished from the garden, and they weren't in able to enjoy the relationship that they once had with God. And as we read on through to Genesis chapter 11, we we see the effects of the fall. But today we come to Genesis 12, and things are starting to change. God was starting to, to build again. Uh, Unlike my Lego theme park, God starting to build again uh, was not going to be a failure. He was making a way for all people, if they trust in him, to be blessed with a relationship with him, just as Adam and Eve had once enjoyed in that garden. And God chooses to start this work with one man. His name is Abraham. Later, he becomes known as Abraham. I will try and uh, use his, his name, Abram, uh, throughout this evening. But if I say Abraham, uh, hopefully you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, so, so we're going to see four things this evening about this blessing that God promises. And the first is the command to go, the command to go. See, Abraham receives a command from God, and it's a, a command to go. Uh, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household. God is calling him to leave behind his country, the, the land that he calls his home. He, he's got to leave behind also his people. Amongst whom he'd have friends and go and be a foreigner, a stranger somewhere. And he's also got to leave behind his father's household. his his family. He does take his wife with him, but, but the rest of his family, those whom he knows and loves. In other words, Abraham's got to leave behind all that he knows and loves to follow God into a new place that he's never seen or known before. Imagine, or don't imagine, if this is the case for you, uh, you've lived in Hove all your life. You haven't really travelled much. Uh, This is where you call home. But all of a sudden, you receive a call from God. uh, And he's he's asking you to leave the place you love. Leave behind your family, your friends, your your work or your school, and go somewhere. But you've no idea where you've got to go. All you've got to do is just faithfully go and follow God. I don't think it sounds all that easy. Uh, Leave behind the familiar where you're comfortable and go somewhere potentially strange. Well, this is the call that Abram receives. And I think it's, it's rather like the call that all God's people receive. You see, he calls us out of living in darkness and calls us in to living in his kingdom of light. He wants us to give up things in the world, worldly things, pleasures of sin that just lead to an empty way of life. And instead follow him in his way, where he would have a serve him, which may be into the unknown. But before Abraham gives up all this stuff and goes and follows God, he receives some promises. And they're great promises. They're promises of blessing. God makes huge promises to him. But before we see what these are, let's just consider who's promising these things. Because I'm sure we've probably all made promises and we've had promises made to us. And we've probably all broken promises as well. Or we've had promises broken to us. Uh, I know. I have thinking back to when I was younger. I used to promise things like, oh, "Yeah, I'll tidy my bedroom tomorrow, Mum," but I may not have always kept that promise. Or, or I promised to clean my teeth before I go to bed, but hmm, might not have done all the time. Um, but what about now, as well? Now I'm older and a Christian. I'm sure I've said to people, oh, "I'll pray for you." I promise to pray for you and never do. But God is the one who makes these promises. And in Genesis 1 to 11, we see, first of all, that God is the creator. Everything in the whole world, the whole universe has come into existence by him. And he continues to uphold and rule over his creation. That sounds like a trustworthy kind of person, or God. And he said to Adam and Eve that they could eat of any tree in the garden except that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and if you do, you will certainly die. And so they did, and sure enough, sin and death enter the world, just as God had said. He kept his words. And later in Genesis, when we, when we get to Noah, God sees all the wickedness in the world that he's made. And he said he's going to wipe every living thing from the face of the earth except Noah and his family, should they build an ark, a safe place for them to go. And Noah and his family went into the ark that God had instructed Noah to make and Different creatures uh, came in as well, and God kept them safe. Uh, and sure enough, as He said, He covered the earth with a, a flood. But after the flood waters dried up, He promises never to destroy the world in that way again. And He hasn't. So, just looking at the first few chapters of Genesis, we see that He is a God who keeps His words who is faithful to his promises. So I think that gives us confidence as we look at these uh, th- this promise. And it's in three parts. Uh, the first of all, we see uh, the promise of lands. That's after the command that Abram receives to go. He, he calls him to go to the land I will show you. It's going to be okay for Abram. God has some land in mind, uh, and Abram's not about to follow some con man. Uh, this will be land from God, the Creator, uh, and so Abram can trust that it, it's going to be something good that God is going to provide for him. Uh, and the second thing that God promises is people, in verse two. I will make ye into a great nation, and I will bless you. This promise of people there in verse 2 it must seem huge and ridiculous for Abram. Because how can Abram be made into a great nation when he doesn't have any children? And he isn't likely to anytime soon, because his wife Sarai... Who later becomes known as Sarah well 11, chapter eleven and verse thirty it says, "Now Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive she was childless, she was barren, it was impossible for her to give birth A, a child promising me promising as a child to tidy my room is seems more likely than Sarah." to have children. And Abraham's family being made into a great nation. And yet God promises that this would happen. He promises that descendants would come. He promises that Abram's family would be made into a great nation. And sure enough, as we read on through the Old Testament, that does happen. A nation is formed. And the third part to the Is blessing. God promises that blessing is going to come. We read on through verse 2 I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Not only is Abraham promised the blessing, of land and descendants, but blessing of good things for his people. Uh, And through his people, all nations will be able to experience this blessing that God promises. See, all these promises are all about God restoring the relationship with him that once Adam and Eve had enjoyed. In God's place, which then was the Garden of Eden. uh, And for Abraham and his descendants, it it would be the land that God would give. Uh, And under God's rule, uh, and people following his ways are unable to have a relationship with him that's not spoiled by sin. And this isn't just for Abraham. We, We saw that it's all peoples on earth. All peoples on earth is going to be blessed through him. And that can include us. You see, through Abraham and his descendants, Jesus comes. There is blessing through Jesus, who, who offers to the world new life, the blessing of new life. But it involves, like Abraham, leaving behind our old life, our old life in the barrenness of sin and turning to a new life of blessing under God's forever that can be ours through faith in Jesus. Uh, and the third thing that we see in this passage is the faith of Abraham, the faith of Abraham. So how would you, I wonder, react to such huge promises? Maybe you'd say, it's too good to be true. And we're told, aren't we, if it's too good to be true, surely it must be too good to be true. It's like some fairy tale. Uh, I was thinking, for some reason, I don't know if it's a fairy tale, but uh, of the story of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, A poor boy and his family, against all the odds that winning that golden ticket, one of five or six, whatever it was, uh, and getting to have a tour around Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, getting to meet Willy Wonka himself, uh, and in the end, this poor boy and his family get a whole chocolate factory. It's lovely, but it's not going to happen in real life, surely. But maybe you wouldn't dismiss it. Maybe you'd actually give this a go. Maybe you'd think about who God is and take him at his word and choose to follow him. And if you do, that shows incredible faith. And that's exactly what Abram does. See, faith is trusting, believing in something or someone, even though you cannot see them. And so verse 1, Abram, when he was called to go, he sure enough, in verse 4, goes. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. He goes into the unknown, but he goes. This is a huge sacrifice that God is calling him to and takes incredible faith. Leaving behind all that he knows. All that he can see and goes into the unknown. Uh, And the New Testament talks about this faith that Abraham shows. Uh, You may like to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read verse 8 to 10, which talks about this faith that Abraham shows. It says, by faith, Of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. Abraham goes by faith. And he's shown the promised land, the land that God promises to give to his descendants. Promised land of Canaan. God was faithful to him. He led him to the place that he had in mind for him. And to confirm it that it's the place, in verse 7, this happened. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give you this land. And so Abraham built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And so God will promise, promises that he will give this land to his offspring. So Abraham is now a mere foreigner in a land which he believes by faith will one day be his. But he's okay with that. He he shows a settled faith in God. Notice verse 8 with me. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. He goes from leaving his home to camping in the hills of Bethel. He's camping and camping isn't usually the life of luxury. At least our family holidays never were. Uh, we used to go pretty much every year until August 2008, where it seemed to rain for what I thought was an eternity. Um, we were in the new forest. Our sleeping bags ended up soaked. And what made it really bad was my dad was trying to kill a wasp and a hole appeared in the tent. Um, camping is costly. <laughs> Giving up the comforts of home. To the great outdoors. The unknown of whether the weather will be good or not. You have to have faith that you'll survive. <laughs> um, Abraham likewise gives up the comforts of his home for the hills of Bethel, but he settled. He's okay with that, uh, and he shows his trust in God as he worships him. He builds an altar there to God. He worships him there. It was more than worth it for him to follow God in this way. Because there's going to be blessing that's been promised. Even at the moment the, the land isn't his, the descendants haven't yet come. He has faith in God to provide. And if we want to experience the blessing God offers of a life forever with him, we need to have faith as Abram does. But we need this faith in Abram's promised ascendant Jesus. Because in him, though we cannot see him, though we cannot see God, we can trust in His work that he has done for us. And he does call us, as I've said already, leave the comforts of this world. But we can look forward by faith to a blessing of a forever with God. And we can know the blessing of knowing God for ourselves now. Fourthly, we see the faith of Abram tested. The faith of Abram tested. So you all seemed to be good for him at this point. He's faithfully following God. He's showing some great faith. He's, he's worshipping him. He's got that settled faith in God. What could go wrong? But then, verse 10, there was a famine in the land. Things suddenly became a little bit more difficult. Food was hard to come by. And so he goes off to Egypt in the hope of getting some food. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. But Sarai, his wife, is with him. His wife, who was very beautiful. uh, And Abraham knew that the Egyptians would possibly be after her. uh, And so he would be in danger. They they might want to kill him so they could get to his wife, Sarai. Uh, And so he decides to lie. He decides to take God things into his own hands. But that seems odd when God's promised blessing for him. He's promised that whoever blesses you, I will bless. If Whoever curses you, I will curse. He promises a great nation through Abraham, surely he could just keep on having this faith in God. But no, Abraham decides to forget that faith uh, and take things into his own hands. And so we see verse 13 that he lies. He says that uh, his, sis, uh, his wife is his sister so that he can be treated well. Uh, and it works. Uh, and they do find blessing in Egypt for a while. Uh, verse 16, uh, Abram's treated well for her sake and Abraham acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. He's being blessed, but he's not being blessed by God. And then he's found out and so the Lord inflicts Pharaoh with a disease, Pharaoh becomes angry with Abraham because he's lied to him about him being his wife. And they have to leave the prosperity of Egypt. Just when it was all going well. Just when Abraham seemed to have such strong faith. When testing came, he failed. And that can often be the same for us. Uh, Last week, uh, Tim, in his sermon last Sunday evening, was telling us about Eric uh, Liddell, and he was a a famous athlete, if if you don't already know. He he was a Christian. His story is told in the film Chariots of Fire. He played rugby for Scotland, and he competed in the 1924 Paris Olympics. Uh, And he won gold in an event where he wasn't uh, uh, so strong in the 400 meters race. And after that race, he was asked how he got through it, uh, and he said, "For the first two hundred meters, I ran hard for the second two hundred meters, with the help of God, I ran harder uh, and I think that sums up his life. You see, he spends that that time uh, getting all that fame as he 's in the Olympics when that wins that gold medal. But very soon after, he gives that all up to become a missionary in China. He sacrificed the comforts of Scotland, uh, the, the fame that he had to go and follow God's call to serve as a missionary in China, in a dangerous place for Christians to be. And he left that not knowing what he would face. He went and he obeyed God there in China. And he faced exhaustion, malnutrition, and a brain tumour. And he could have given up trusting in God. But with the help of God, he ran the race to the end. The Christian life is hard it can be really hard to keep going sometimes. As Abram discovered, uh, we may endure all sorts of suffering. We may feel like it's not worth it. We may feel like giving up on God. We may feel like we need to take things into our own hands. Like we may not be seeing answers to prayer. And and yet, we can keep having faith in God, who's faithful. Or we're seeing a loved one hurting, and we're not sure how God can surely be at work in this. We keep having faith in God, that he is. Or you keep getting frustrated that your, your friend who you keep praying for and telling about Jesus is just not getting it. Yet you keep having faith in God because God is faithful to his promises. It is worth having faith in the ultimate promise giver. We need to be like Abraham in going in obedience, looking, we can look back to the promised saviour, the one who was promised to Abraham. And we can look forward to the promise promise, a blessing forever with God, of a life forever with him, with his people, under his rule. So I encourage you to look to Jesus through all that life throws our way. He suffered for you, he's gone before us, and he will lead us safely home and you may be here this evening and you may think that all this following god business is too good to be true have faith in him enjoy a relationship with him get eternal life it all sounds to you a bit like a fairy tale and yet we've seen that god has made this these massive promises to Abraham, and they've been fulfilled there is blessings for the whole world through Abraham's descendants in Jesus if we trust in him if we have faith in him and so it's surely worth turning from a life without knowing this God's to the blessing of a new life with him you may not know what lies ahead But you can know that he is the creator God. He is upholding and ruling over his creation. And he is faithful to his promises. Every single one. Don't ignore the blessing he offers to each of us. Should we trust in him. There may be hardships. But they are temporary. Because we have an enduring city, the new heavens, a new earth to look forward to. So why not leave the barrenness, the emptiness of a life without him? Leave that behind and go in faith. Follow him as Lord and Savior of your life today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you, God, are faithful to your promises. Thank you for the blessing that we can have by faith in you. The blessing of of knowing you because of what Jesus has done. The blessing of a life forever with you because of what Jesus has done. And so we pray, Father, that you would help us this week and always to keep having that faith in you. And when our faith may fail, thank you, Father God, that you uh, will surely hold us fast. You will keep us going. Amen.